You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. Hell yeah. I don't like the bad language. To the Forging Fury. Forging Fury, Forging Fury podcast. It's a good thing I can do editing on this. <laughs> Why do I always laugh so much? What's so funny? What's going on, sweet people? This is Coach Riley, and on today's episode of the Forging Fury podcast, alongside my best friend, Michael Gray, we have a new friend in the house, B. Evans. Hello, how are you? Hey, good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes, we're happy to have B here today. Uh, she's got a lot of things going on, but we really, we're going to re-dive into a topic that you know, made me and Michael really uncomfortable. Yes, it did. So we got <laughs> sophisticated, and we brought a woman's opinion on here because, you know, we're just... Or befuddled at times. Yeah. So the the episode we're talking about is the booty shorts episode, which was clear back at episode nineteen, and uh, shortly after that released, I remember B got in touch with us through Instagram saying, "Hey, if you ever want a woman's opinion on this, let me know." And that was a long time ago, but we finally made this work. She is here now. We're going to get into the booty short stuff, but first, I wanted to get into a little bit more of who you are and what you do. Um, you're also a podcaster. Yes. You're yeah. a former Suns dancer or Suns cheerleader. Is it Suns dancer. Yes. Suns dancer, dancer, bro. So NBA's here we dancer. go already. When it comes to booty shorts, <laughs> I mean, Suns dancers know about booty shorts, right? But tell me, tell us about your podcast. Cause that's something you're, you're involved with right now. That's very interesting. Deals with mindset, things like that. Yes. Things that I think our listeners would love. Yes. Yeah. I just launched my podcast on um, Thanksgiving day. Wow. 2020 in the middle of this chaotic year and um, tear out the tags is a message about removing the labels that hold us back. And so what I realized kind of going through my life is I always was interested and involved in different things um, that didn't necessarily go together. But when I would be a son's dancer, I was branded very quickly and very, um, you know, it was like a, a solid judgment that people knew who I was based on the sparkles and the outfit and, you know, whatever I was representing while I was working for the Suns. And then I would go to my day job, which was an oil and gas service and supply industry. So talk about worlds apart, male dominant, and I had to show up in a very different way. And again, I was branded very specifically and judged and made assumptions about um, based on that world and so I always felt like I was like screaming to be seen, like neither one of these things is exactly who I am, yet people really made made me a brand based on what I was doing for work. And it's not just work, it's our faith, it's our gender, it's our relationships, it's how social we are or, or not social. And so we're really branded in different ways um, through our whole lives. And you actually brought this up, Riley, at the beginning of the episode, our lives kind of teach us and train us to be who we are today and have the the outlook that we have today. So that's what my show is about. Would you say those labels that you got in those different industries were something that you had to combat the whole time or something that you kind of took internally and started believing? And, and maybe talk about some of those labels. Like, was it something you fought against or something you totally accepted and had to re- revisit? revisit that later. It's important to know that the labels we collect and the labels we're exposed to are two different things. So every day we are exposed to positive and negative labels and they swirl around us like clockwork. Um, Riley just called you a surgeon of audio. 
right? That's not typically, Shing. yeah, there's a tag. Make me a tag right there. I'll put it on my shirt. Yeah. But what a neat thing to be called. I mean, a surgeon is such a, a affluent title to be called. And yet he's telling you you're this over something that's not related to medical, which is what we would associate it with. So depending on your personality type and how you've been exposed to positive and negative energies, you might not even have heard him say this very neat compliment and tag. I was this way. So I tended to pick up on negatives from people and really store them as my value. Where maybe a positive, it would just go right over my head. I wouldn't actually hold it and store it. So when you say, do you, did you combat things? I, I absolutely did. And mostly because I am very social and I love I love being liked and I love being, you know, um, having relationship with people. And so I would really store negatives with a lot of weight. And so like one um, tag that I wear, and this is kind of funny because NBA cheerleaders or dancers, we like to be called dancers, but the NFL, they call them cheerleaders. And so there was See, like, and I did that at the outset. I didn't know yeah. whether it should be already getting us in trouble. <laughs> well, it's funny though, because you know, back then you would get so offended if someone called you a cheerleader. And because there were some negative things that happened during that time, um, I did have cheerleader inside of me as a negative. And for the last 12 years, I, I don't talk about it. I don't tell people I'm a Phoenix Suns dancer or a, a former. I, I don't think I could hang with those girls anymore. <laughs> but, um, but it's funny. So just this last year, I had to pull the tag cheerleader out and really sit with why it was a negative inside of me. Because here I am, I'm still a coach, I'm a mentor, I'm a speaker, I'm a thought leader. I cheer people on for a living every day. I love that term, thought leader. Yeah. I, I'm going to steal that myself. I'm <laughs> putting it. that in my own bag right now. Thought leader, that's great. Well, that's what you guys are doing here today, right? <laughs> yes, we're doing something like that. Sometimes <laughs> I, You sometimes, make it sound way better than what it is. Sometimes I worry about the thoughts we lead people into, but you know... <laughs> We lead them. We'll take that tag. That's the leader though. (laughs) So yeah, you know, I had some of our tags have to be pulled out and redefined. It's not that they don't belong inside of us. And, and now I wear the tag cheerleader very proudly. So why did that bother you initially? Like what was the, why as an NBA cheerleader slash dancer, did that bother you that you had to feel like you, you removed that tag from yourself? You know, part of it was I grew up as an athlete. I grew up kind of walking in my brother's footsteps and trying to be a softball player, volleyball player, basketball player, you know, all the, like the, the athletic girl sports. And I just remember when I transitioned into gymnastics and figure skating and cheerleading, I got a lot of like, you're, you're not a, you know, you're not an athlete anymore. You're this girly girl, prissy pain in the butt. And so it's funny when I was a son's dancer, We were, it was the weekend of the NBA All-Star Game, and it was in 2009. So I was going up to do a sweet visit into a celebrity box, and I walk in, and I was actually really excited. It was a kind of the biggest and first reality show that was on TV, and it was all of these people that were kind of the same age as me who were on TV, and, you know, they were celebrities. So I walk into the suite, and right away, there was one um, celebrity in particular who I won't name, but, um, she walked up to me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's funny, right? There were like some men on the show and then some women on the show. And so one of the gals that I was with doing the, 
um, sweet visit who was on my team knew a couple of the guys that were on the show. So instantly there was competition. There was threat. You could feel it. There was a bad energy. And then, so one of the gals and her friend that were on the show walked up to us and they said, they were sort of like making fun of us. Like, Oh my God, the cheerleaders are here. This is so cool. Like, I can't wait. You know, that sort of like mocking the Valley girl, perception and whatever. So she grabs my pom-poms out of my hands. She shakes them. She's highly intoxicated. And those are fighting actions. <laughs> those are grounds of, of, to get, you know, stepped on. All right, but keep going. Yeah. So she takes my pom-poms and she kind of, you know, does the like, you know, mocking, joking thing. And she says, Oh, look, I'm a cheerleader. And she threw them in my face, like just kind of tossed them and not, not like she was trying to hurt me or anything like that, but just kind of that like disrespect, dismissive. For sure. Yeah. That's so what we call throwing shade. <laughs> for she sure. Throwing, yeah. Throwing shade. For sure. Yeah. And so the pom poms hit the floor. I very embarrassingly pick them up and I leave the suite. And, you know, it's one of those empowering moments where you're like, yeah, I did nothing to protect myself and I don't know what I could have done because I was working. And, um, but, you know, overall being a Suns dancer was like the most fun and empowering situation and job I've ever had. But there were these moments where people made you feel like crap about yourself and, and really like you wouldn't treat a dog like that, you know? (laughs) So I was just very, like, I would take things like that really heavily with me as I left work that day. Um, and the funny part about back then is we were pretty well connected in the city So we went out in Scottsdale to a very big party. We knew the club owner. And so I was walking into VIP across the like, you know, up the stairs across the bridgeway into where all these celebrities were hanging out. And this same girl was now by herself. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, so I'm walking in and it's like that jungle scene with the lions approaching each other. I mean, I was like kind of scared and thinking like, now what is she going to say to me? And I'm all dressed up and I look completely different in my, you know, outside my uniform. So I'm approaching her and she had had a rough night of partying. Like you could tell she had, you know, she had turned it up that night. So she walks up to me and she says, you're the prettiest girl I've ever seen. And then walks away. And in that moment, I was like, was that her realizing that earlier came out of insecurity? And so she had to tear me down. Or was that her kind of recognizing that she recognizes me? doesn't know from where and doesn't know how important I am because all of a sudden I'm in VIP and I'm at her level. And so, you know, in the world of tags, like there's a lot swirling there because suddenly my status had changed in some way for her. So I have no idea. I can't, I can't assume I know what she did with either one of those situations, but that was a pretty strong situation that made me like not want to be a cheerleader anymore. <laughs> well, just reading that situation, I think in when, in the suite when you first interacted with her, she wanted to like one up you. She wanted to see like she was better or she was a little bit like in a position of power because you were at work or like that's that's the situation she was trying to like up her status with the group. I mean, that's how I read the situation. So she knew you were vulnerable being at work and she wanted to put herself above that. So it sounds like the tag of cheerleader maybe made you a target to people like because like she might not have done that if you just walked in and, you know, regular street clothes or whatever. But because you were a cheerleader, maybe in her mind, well, they're not quite as big a deal. So I can go and pick on that person. Is that what you would would think happen? Here's the thing. And this is the world of tags is all we can do is make assumptions about many of the things that happen to us in our lives. So I've told this story to hundreds of people and 
there are a lot of different assumptions that can come out of the situation. Same with her then coming up and telling me how gorgeous I was or how pretty I was. So I have no idea, right? But I attached a tag based on what I assumed. And so I talk a lot about the bully being me. I have a choice of what tags I wear and how I define them within me. So this is why this work is so important because there are so many people in this world who can have amazing impact, but they're scared to stand up and speak for change or do something amazing or write a book or start a podcast because they have these old tags that come from God only knows what kind of, and I'm going to call them bullying situations because that's what they feel like. But I'm the one who chose to attach a tag based on that situation. Yeah, we're both sitting <laughs> We're kind of like, like hmm. <laughs> that's something to think about. Well, do you think that that kind of, that tag originally starts way back in childhood? Like how early do those tags start? Do you think our parents tag us? Do you think our childhood friends tag us? Like we are that person from, from childhood? Yes, yes. And they just grow? Have you ever seen a little sweet little girl baby? A little darling little yes, girl I baby? Yes, I just got a new niece. Her name's River. And, so you, and you say, beautiful. oh, you're beautiful. You're such a sweet. You're so cute. Da, 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 da. You know what you say to a little boy? I don't know. Big tough guy. All yeah. right. Show me those muscles. Give them, yeah. Yeah. Look how strong you are. Yeah. Yeah. You bet your butt. We start tagging people the, oh. the moment. I mean, the thing is, is this is human nature, right? We have a, a need to categorize things and we do it on a daily basis. You guys will hate me after this show because you'll start to like see your world in tags. Yeah, we're like, <laughs> we've tagged everything. Worst episode ever. Yeah, we're, we're, we've tagged. And, and I think I've kind of tagged myself. Like I have myself tagged, which is, which is tough. And then to know and recognize those tags and try to change them. Yeah. Because I, and I'll give myself proclaimed tag, I'm very social. I'm very interactive with humans all the time. And I get the tag or maybe even self-proclaimed tag of very flirty. Like I'm oh. very flirty. Oh my gosh. I love this tag. This yes. is a flirt. I'm a flirt. That's what I hear. Yes. I get all the time. Like, oh, because I enjoy conversation with all people. I'm a flirt. If you can believe it, I used to have that tag too. Oh yeah. I can see that. <laughs> well, anyone that is a good like conversationalist is right. a flirt. Yes. Like how does that happen? Oh, I wear this tag. I wear this tag. And it was such a problem for me in relationships for years. Raising my hand. Yes. So it's funny because my husband now, he like, he knows I need stranger interaction, period. Doesn't matter. Male, female. It could be a dog. Like I need social with a human. <laughs> I said a dog, but I need social. So it's funny because it's the same thing. Like I would always find myself in really controlling relationships and they would kill that side of me. Like you can only be social with women. I even had relationships where I couldn't have friendships because my social was a threat in the relationship. So I totally relate to that. And it's, it's a negative tag. Like, how do you deal with, Very. yeah. How do you deal with that? You know, what's strange about that story. Like when Heidi and I were first dating, I was jealous of any time she was talking to a guy, like for the same type of reasons. Once we got married, like it never bothered me anymore. Mm. Is that strange? Like maybe I was that controlling person being like, Hey, why, why are we hanging out with him? Why, you know, why'd you laugh so hard at his jokes? See, I don't like, have that one bone in my body. Like that never bothered you. If someone you were dating was talking to another guy, the way I see it, if, the, if that human wanted to be with them, they would be with them. Like if they're going to, so you were secure that they were with totally, you and that was enough. Totally. Okay. Still to this day. That has to make that tag harsher for you then when you get called flirty. I mean, it, it doesn't bother me because I try to 
have that same vibe with everyone, yeah. then I can't be a flirt if I talk to Michael like that. I can't be a flirt if I talk to my boss like that. Well, I don't know. I don't <laughs> want to flirt one of my boss, but <laughs> but I am that human. I am that personality type. I am that bubbly, have fun, laugh, let's have a good time. Let's make this day the best day of your life. Like I say that all the time. Yeah. And and if, if I can't express that energy and that vibe, like that makes me a flirt, then I'm, I'm a flirt. Yeah. I'll wear it like a badge, not really a, like a burden. Yeah, see, and I would give you the tag connector. Like, you know, if you sounds a lot better than flirt. I mean, <laughs> if you like flirt, though, like what matters is what you want to wear. So if if being called a flirt shows up for you in a negative, then don't wear it. But if it's something where you're like, yeah, I'm a flirt. I I care about people. I want to get to know people. I want to connect people. I want to have a relationship. Who cares? You know, as long as you're in a relationship romantically with someone who supports that, and it isn't you know, shot at you like an arrow every time you go and try to have a conversation with someone, then wear it proudly. Well, 90% of my job as a coach, I would say 90 is connecting. Mm -hmm. Like every day I have to connect with someone, see how they are coming into the gym, their energy, like what are they giving out? What am I giving out? I have to connect with people, large groups of people individually on a everyday basis. Yeah. So that connection, I need that good energy between each person to kind of feel good about what I'm doing. If we have a bad connection or the energy's not right, I feel like I'm not doing my job. Well, it's interesting. So flirt could just be coach, right? I mean, the tag really is coach because a coach has to be. <laughs> Sometimes it's flirt though. <laughs> <laughs> this is where our friends are helpful to this though. <laughs> oh, I, I wear, like I said, I am who I am. Like I like that energy. Like I want everyone to be having a good time. Yeah. And if that, if I'm over, maybe I overstep and that's a thing too. I, I'm not perfect. Why do, how do I make it, how does friendly go to flirt? You know, I think it's interesting because a lot of our tags are like this. I'm super extroverted too. And when you have, you can be a me monster. You can be someone who's like too much, right? Like if there's a blank space, I'll fill it. Mm -hmm. So that's not necessarily serving me in my life. So I have to take my extrovert. I'm like 96% extroverted. I have to take that tag and go, all right, I have this, I wear it. I know it's like, I know all the details. I'm comfortable with it, but that doesn't mean I don't need to learn the tools to show up in different ways in certain situations. So I would say like, you know, you do still have to touch in with yourself and go, okay, am I being too flirty? Am, is it a little too much? What process. are the boundaries around this? Am I making people uncomfortable? Um, and having people in your life point out, like help you define that a little bit better is good. Like if I were to go to Riley and be like, dude, you were pouring it on a little thick. Like he can take yeah. that and, and, be able to use that to decide whether or not he's stop flirting with me, dude. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I'm, you're flirting me with your eyes. Yeah. You're giving me the eyes right now. Wink, so, wink. But then there's a person and another tag is like, if you're, we'll say it, if you're an asshole, if you, if you're too honest with people, you're an asshole. And if you're a woman, if you're too honest with someone, you're a B word, which yeah. I won't say that. I don't like, you know word. what you also are usually what? a leader. Ooh, <laughs> so I'll tell you, I have a, an assessment that I sell and people that are high competitive, high sense of urgency and high take charge and high objectivity, right? They're not like emotion-based thinkers. They are called assholes. Mm -hmm. And they're usually CEOs of companies. So, I mean, do you take the good with the bad with that? So with those, all of those things, they're great traits. They're great traits to have, but they also can be downfall in relationships personally. Yeah, you know what tag a lot of people get in, the, in that realm is narcissist. So it doesn't I mean like I feel like I'm being attacked right now. <laughs> no, She's no. looking at you. You're literally <laughs> describing me right now. I know. No, I, what I'm saying is when we tag people with the word narcissist, 
we then have no ability to reach them with the things that they actually need to curb and change. So when I shared with you about being extroverted, you're not going to reach me if you attack me with how flirty I am. But if you share with me that sometimes I steal the conversation and help me curb those, you know, those habits and give me tools to, to seek change, then I get to show up still being an extrovert and also respect your view of the world and your personality traits. So I call this material, right? You, you and me and Michael are all made of different material. The personality traits that are woven together within us are all very different. But for us to function in this conversation, we have to respect each other's material. So some of my traits might make that difficult for me. If Michael was super, super introverted and and he's a podcast host, I then have to you know, I have to build rapport with him by coming to his space. I can't just show up and be this crazy, like, person who's going to steal the whole conversation and think that it's going to be something anyone wants to listen to. How this usually works, our, our dynamic is... I'm very like, we'll go back and forth and he'll just come with the hammer question, like a deep rooted like <laughs> stab to the heart. And then I, be like, oh. He sets you up to put your foot in your mouth. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> I wear the tag color commentator. He's the play by play for sure. Yes, exactly. Love it. Love so it. Let, let me challenge you a little bit okay. on your tags theory. I totally am gelling with it. I totally get it. But I had a conversation with someone who's another podcaster. Her name is Athena Perez. And I've talked to you about Athena before. She's the host of the Scaled Nation podcast. And I think she just, just opened up. just plugs today. Like everyone gets a plug. You get a plug. <laughs> this will fit very well. She, um, she actually started a CrossFit gym. Oh, I can't remember what it was called. Maybe it's called Scaled Nation CrossFit. Her whole, um, her whole thing is taking CrossFit do you know what scaled CrossFit means if you're scaling it? You're not a CrossFitter. No, okay. I have done CrossFit, but I, okay. I'm not hardcore. But basically, hardcore. you're bringing the difficulty of the movements down. That's right. scale. So if you're a beginner... Touching. That's like, probably what I needed. That's right. probably <laughs> I'm not a CrossFitter. So like I can't do ring muscle-ups, which is what the male gymnasts oh, do. Yes, you know? yes, so yes, I can't yes. do those. Fine. So I'd have to do something different, okay? She is very in tune with people who are wanting to get into CrossFit and who are at the very beginning who are intimidated by the things they see by these ripped, thin, you know, whatever, strong people that are in the gym. Right. Anyway, long story short, we had a conversation. I am the kind of person that I'm okay with generalizing the world because I think if, if, you, if you ingest the world around you, you have to kind of make generalizations. You can't just say everything is a blank slate because I don't think that you can um, function in the world that way. So we had a conversation about coaches and CrossFit coaches who, if they saw someone who's quite a bit overweight, is it wrong to assume that person may be A, new to CrossFit, B, may be there to be getting in shape, or C, um, should should you just assume that they probably already know all about CrossFit? And I would say to her, I think it's fine for a coach to be like, I'm guessing you're probably new. Now, that might not be the case. That's rule number one, dude. Don't Don't ever do that. Okay. No, no, I don't know. Like, I, if someone is unfamiliar to me, then that's when I say that. But what do, you, what do you do when you, if someone you've never met walks into the gym, they are obviously overweight, and not just a little bit, but considerably, do you ever assume, well, they're probably here to, to lose weight? You would never assume that? I have two reasons why this is not helping. Why would this, this would not help you to make that assumption? Okay. Hit me. Cause I'm sure Athena's going to agree him, with please you. Please serve him up a two piece. Yeah. Nugget real okay. Quick. Athena, yes. this is for you. So 
if I'm overweight and I am walking into a CrossFit gym wanting to seek health and fitness and you ask me if I'm new and I'm already super insecure to be walking in those doors, I'm likely not going to come back. I'm not saying ask that. Say, are you new? Are you here to lose weight? I'm saying inside your mind, just saying, okay, that person's new. You don't have to call her out. And I'm guessing she wants to get control of her health. Yeah. I don't, and I don't think making an assumption to start at the beginning is a bad thing. Where I think that goes wrong is someone like me walks into your CrossFit gym and you don't treat me like I'm new because I'm fit and thin. And I then don't come back this, which is, this is exactly what happened to me at my CrossFit gym is I, I didn't get it. I was like, I don't understand. It's like a whole brand, a whole world. And I was treated just like, jump in, let's go, let's rock. Cause I, I, I cannot work out for two years and I will look exactly the same as I do now. Okay. So weird flex, but okay. What? (laughs) Okay. Weird. Yeah, I know. This is the thing. Okay. (laughs) Women aren't supposed to say this, right? I mean, that's this is goes back to kind of the booty shorts conversation, which we can dive back Here into. We go. But it's, yeah. coming. it's coming. <laughs> but no, I mean to your point, like anytime we make an assumption, it's not necessarily serving us, but we do. It is human nature to categorize things. It is human nature to need to see the world in these different areas, so to speak. Right? Yes. Okay, so is it it doesn't mean that you're not going to be wrong, though, because you are still making an assumption. Sure. And if I, if I assume, look, that's my assumption, but I find out different information, I need to be flexible on that, obviously. Yeah. What, another thing I don't understand is if I, I am overweight. Okay. When I first started CrossFit, I was 80 pounds overweight. I'm less now. I don't think it's fair for me to get offended if people think I went to CrossFit to get control of my health and get control of my weight. Like maybe that's not why I went in. Maybe I went in because I wanted to have socialization or self-confidence. Maybe those are my primary reasons. But I feel like people get offended so easily at tags maybe they're given, even if the tag is not given in a way that's like, I'm trying to mistreat you or I'm trying to treat you badly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think this is, it's a conversation on resilience. So you might be someone who's more resilient and you're not offended easily. And perhaps you are definitely not offended easily. Right. And, and, (laughs) Really, this is, I mean, it's funny. Resilience is an area where rubber bands strap really tight. Like if someone's really low on resilience and they interact with someone who's really high on resilience, they do not understand each other. (laughs) I mean, quite literally, like this is, it's funny because this is kind of the millennial conversation, right? The snowflake generation. Mm -hmm. We're all so sensitive. We are also, you know, we, we get knocked down and we stay down and it's this whole big thing. It's a tag I didn't want to wear for a long time. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a thing you like, it's not fun to be called that. No, you're not like, yeah, I'm a millennial high five, yeah. you know? Um, although I think that's changing as we're sort of really getting into the strength and power of our careers and we're kind of coming into an age where it, I think that's peeling off. And I think every generation makes fun of the generation of behind them. We will be talking crap what about Gen, Gen Z's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're easy targets. They, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm very impressed by Gen Z's. They're going to be better than us. They're, they're, they're pretty impressive as a generation. But they're, but that doesn't mean you can't in take some ways like they're going to be better than us and impressive totally. in some ways, but also lacking in, in other ways as well. Don't you think? Here's the other thing. You can't take an entire generation of people and put them in one category. So, yes, you and I are millennials. I'm not sure you Ooh, you could be millennial, burn. could be Gen X. Oh, I'll put this old person tag on. <laughs> tag them <laughs> up. I'm in. Usually no. Gen X is a prouder I'm, label. I'm 42. Than so I don't know what that makes me. 
What was, what was before old. Gen X? You're, you're right on the cu- you're you're a Gen X, but you're right on the cusp. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so, but here's the thing, right? Like, not all not all 80 million millennials can all be snowflake, pathetic, low resilience, you know, lazy video game playing, whatever, whatever these like assumptions are made. It's that's ridiculous. So you take an entire generation of different material and try to make them one avatar. And it, it doesn't work. And it's not accurate. Um, I don't even remember what we were originally talking about, but... Resiliency was kind of what it is. I, oh, yeah. I, I find that there's a complete lack of resiliency in society today. Um, there is. More so than maybe my grandfather's time, you know? Like, For sure. I can make a little joke. This is a great example. <laughs> I can make a little joke about Californians, which I did in an episode. And I, I offended some people. Yeah. And I had to go back and be like, look, dude, I, I didn't mean to offend you. But like... I was never meaning, meaning to offend anybody. So I kind of live by the rule that if someone's coming at me and they're not trying to be offensive to me, I really don't have much of a right to be offended at what they're saying unless right. they're trying to hit me with something. Like someone throwing a pom-pom in your face, that's an offensive thing, right? But I feel like people find offense in every little thing and we can't talk about things with honesty because of that. And that's why this Booty Shorts episode is perfect with this because – we can't just talk <laughs> as honestly as we'd like to because someone's going to get offended. Right. It's big people, thin people, people that like booty shorts, people that like modesty. Somebody's going to get offended. Men that wear booty shorts. Jordan Leonard <laughs> yes. might get offended. So we, so we had this episode, the booty shorts episode, where we kind of dove in and talk, talked about like a gym outlawed wearing booty shorts in their gym, which is kind of, I don't know what the pro. We should have looked into it. They did a dress code. Okay. Well, I was going to say, what? Well, how do you define booty shorts? Is that like the there was like two examples. Out? There was examples okay. like, this is okay, this is not okay. okay. For, for like a normal body type too. So it wasn't like it was a super fit person or like a super okay. not fit person. It was just like two different shorts. Like, this is okay, this is not okay. Oh, I'd love but to like, see But like what okay. goes inside those shorts, it was a whole nother conversation. Like <laughs> it could have been me in those shorts and it would, I would have felt uncomfortable. Right. Like, so we had a, a member, Jordan <laughs> Leonard, he's a regular on the show, I guess you could call him. But he played this like social experiment out. He literally three, two, one go of the workout. He stripped down into booty shorts and, and just, you should have seen <laughs> and every no shirt. eye. Yeah. So he violated he was, all of Holmberg's he, rules. Yes, exactly. So our whole 8am class that morning was just like mortified. They were like, oh, felt no. so uncomfortable. They thought it was awesome. Well, yeah. People and, videoed and, and cheered yeah, them along. Some people were all about it and some people were uncomfortable. What was hilarious to me is there were a bunch of women there going, yeah, Jordan, get it. <laughs> and I told Riley, what if that was a girl that just stripped off her shirt and was in, booty shorts and a sports bra. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Tiffany, get it. Like yeah. that would be so inappropriate. Listen, yeah. I'll tell you exactly what that's like. Cause my message is a lot about, you know, it's all about removing these labels. So I am a Christian woman and I have very strong values. I have a really great relationship with my husband. I've, I've never been someone who partied and did certain activities that I don't agree with, but I was a son's dancer. So this year, I tried out to be a Bronco cheerleader to oh, wow. tear out the tag that I'm old because I'm getting to an age where, you know, it's a little harder to compete with these young gals. So I, you know, in my content and you guys have seen like my Instagram and my, my social media stuff, I started preparing to be a Bronco cheerleader. Man, did I get some heat, heat. What like, did they say? Oh, even from family members would talk, were talking behind my back and like that I was convoluting my message that I was, you know, not representing myself as well as a Christian. I mean, you want to talk about some pretty harsh, like all of a sudden I'm in a half top 
and doing these prep classes and showing my social media, like, look what I'm doing. I'm overcoming this label that I've been wearing that I'm getting too old for this. I'm getting in great shape. I feel awesome about my body. I'm walking through with my audience. What does it really take to be on brand to do something like this? Like the hair, the makeup, the tan, the, you know, all these things that are so intimidating to women. Oh my gosh. I like started a fire, huh? Huge. From all different angles too. It's like some people were not agreeing with your actions. Some people weren't agreeing with your image. Like it was like you were on display and you were under attack. Yeah. And suddenly there's like that cancel culture of like people go, wait a second, I no longer trust you because I thought you were this straight laced girl who blah, blah, blah. Or I thought you were whatever, whatever they made an assumption about me. Suddenly I made waves. And that's exactly what my message is about, is it's so hard to just be you and show up and just do something that makes you happy. Unapologetically. Yeah. Well, it seems like if you want to be yourself now, you have to apologize. Like, oh, I'm sorry. This is, you know, who I am. Or qualify it, right? Like, I got to let people know I'm still, I still believe in God. And I'm I'm also going to wear this outfit because I have to, to make this team. It's so funny that people connect those two. Like, if you wear this outfit, you don't believe in God. Right. You are unholy. Well, you're a. Yes. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. Hey, we can bleep. We've got bleep. So if you want to drop any bombs, we can bleep them out. That is how people treat you, though, as yes. a female. And I think that's why I connected so, so strongly to your booty short episode is we have all these. I'm in personal development. So there's all these messages of like, stop wearing makeup, stop wearing a mask, just be you, just da 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 da. And then there's. Don't wear deodorant. They never say that. Yeah. Like, Hold on, but I don't wear deodorant. So you wear that. <laughs> Well, maybe you should start. Awkward. Mm. No. <laughs> you know, I smell like a human. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, so, I mean, it just comes down to, like, that I, I totally got off track there, but... Um. He's like, wow, he doesn't wear deodorant? <laughs> wow, I gotta I go. I smell you from over here. No, <laughs> Thought something was A lot stinking. of coffee and a lot of garlic, but onward. You were talking about the, the popular... Uh, trend in women just telling, saying, be yourself, don't wear makeup, don't wear a mask. Well, here's the thing is in female personal development, there's a huge, it's still just as confusing as it was 30 years ago, 20 years ago. So we have all these messages saying, be empowered, go forward. Don't, you know, don't feel like you have to wear a mask. Don't have to show up and be anything you're not. But then we have just as much content saying, be better, be stronger, be a CEO, be a girl boss, be, you know, and it's confusing. It's like, what am I supposed to be here to, to be like, just accept it for who I Well, even know who you are. Like, how do you, how do I fit into both of those molds? Can I be my uh, CEO? Can I just be myself? Like it's an identity crisis. Yeah. Like who are, who am I? I don't know. No. Well, in my whole life, I mean, I told you guys, like I'm the same shape kind of no matter what I do and whether I work out or eat like crap or whatever, I just, this is what I'm shaped like. Um, weight was never a struggle for me. I have lots of other struggles. They're just not in that category. Amen. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, I'm with you there too. It's a, it's I'm, a not, whole- I'm not with you there, but, <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's not a popular thing to say, but, sure. but I can guarantee you if I shared my struggles with you, you'd be like, Oh God, I'm thank God that all I struggle with is eating too much over the holidays. Right. I mean, it's all different, but it's all the same is. struggle. It's all the same the only battle. Di- the difference is our size and our shape is what is seen. So that's why that is such a relevant conversation in our society is it's so, it's so visible where like my struggles may, may they be internal. You're not going to just see them. They're not exposed for everyone, but I also don't fix them because I don't have to show them to you. 
right? So I don't have to flip my skin inside out and wear all my crap for all of you to to Google that. And it's funny, every time I travel, I wear a shirt that says prove them wrong. And I wear tags attached to me. So I, I literally have all these ridiculous like retail tags and they flap in the wind and I go to the airport and I look ridiculous and I wear really uncomfortable things. And oftentimes I'll wear like things that people will privately message me that they're struggling with. So I'm also wearing other people's tags that are really uncomfortable. And it's, it's funny. There's like three versions of this. Some people like stare at you and are like really wanting to read the stuff that you're wearing. And it's really like, it's really exposing and awkward. Some people are laughing at you because you're wearing this ridiculous outfit and they don't get it. They don't care. They're just going to laugh at you. And then you have the third person who doesn't even notice. They don't care. They, they could care less that you're wearing all these tags. And that's really kind of a perfect example of how we all function in the world. Um, you, being high resilient, you might not, you might not care. You, you might not even see that somebody's struggling with something because you're not susceptible to that. Right. And I make jokes about being big and I'm not like inside just dying that I'm saying it and right. hurting inside. And people like Riley are like, dude, be more positive. I'm like, I'm totally positive. I'm overweight. Like it doesn't bother me. Right. Yeah. So I, I hear what well, you're and saying. that's a tag that you're, you're comfortable with wearing when you're, when you're larger than you want to be or whatever. Like, right. And that's my whole message is about resilience and pulling the stuff out that is bothering you because you can wear whatever you want to wear. Do you think if someone's wearing booty shorts, there's, there's some, like, there's some issues or some tags that they're wearing with those booty shorts. I don't. So I think. Oh, here we go. Now she's going to hit us hard. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, here we go. I think, <laughs> I think it depends on the person. I absolutely think that you can get men or women <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> who are wearing that for attention, who've maybe been objectified their whole lives. Perhaps they struggle with pornography. Perhaps they've been in an abusive relationship or they value themselves based on um, how a man or woman gives them attention. That's absolutely a possibility. I also think you can have the confident person who's worked really hard to have that body who wants to show it off because where did this message come from that we can't, we have to have shame either way. So you're telling me I have to be shameful if I'm fat. I can't wear booty shorts if I'm fat because we all know that that's how people treat people that are overweight. But I also can't wear booty shorts if I come in here every day and I bust my ass to have a nice figure. Of course. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I think you should be able to do both. Like you should be able to, like, if you got it, flaunt it as, as, as rash as that sounds. But like we, you work hard. You don't do that by mistake. You don't get 18 abs by being neglectful to your body and not taking care of yourself. Yeah. So why would you sh shame that person too? It, it's you, like there's shame either way, either side. It doesn't mean though that, that's, I can't be made uncomfortable. Like I'm pretty comfortable in short shorts, but I also have, Me too. you know, there's times where I've seen a girl and I'm like, whoa, like I'm a little uncomfortable with this. Is it insecurity? Probably a little bit. Is it because my kids are around? Sure. Right. So there's different, there's different brands of this. Oh, but, that's really deep. That's like a whole nother. It's, it's, the booty shorts is a big issue. Yeah, booty shorts is huge. So my issue wasn't about like, I don't want to shame anybody who's wearing them. My, where, where this argument kind of tilts for me is if you look good. So you're a beautiful woman. You come in with booty shorts. The guys in the gym are going to notice. So there's this dichotomy of, hey, I worked hard. I'm doing a good job. I'm proud of my body. I'm going to wear booty shorts, but 
I don't want guys to look like that's what's so weird to me because that's going to happen. And I, and I think there's a vast difference between how men and women consume the world. That's one of the things I said. Men consume with their eyes, right? You were a son's dancer. I'm sure you got completely inappropriate comments from people in the stands like because guys notice things. So did you ever get inappropriate comments from women? Way more. Way more from women? Way more. That's what you get, Michael. I definitely was objectified by men and told how beautiful I... I mean, like... In a different way, It was definitely a physical... Like, I was told how pretty I was and those types of things. But as far as, like, the the actual, like, negative and objectifying comments, there were just as many, if not more, women. Mm, And, you you know, we say this that... Mouth. Men, but for, we, from different, different we say perspectives. this that men take in the world with their eyes. We do too. Women do too. Savages. It's just not, we don't have the same chemistry and makeup of you guys. And maybe it's not the same reason that we're looking, but we're still looking. We still sure. notice. Um, and I have a funny story. My, my husband's going to kill me for sharing this story. <laughs> oh, goodness. But um, we went to um, Austria to get engaged and I'd never been to Europe. So we were at this really amazing hotel with, like this med spot, there were all these different saunas and, you know, steam rooms and pools. And it was just amazing, like Disneyland of wellness resort type place. And it was like a no swim. It was, you know, it was like in Europe, it's clothing optional. And so my husband's super funny and he's like, no swimsuit, you know, you can't wear swimsuit in there. And I was like, you like, you can't, or you can choose. It not said to. there was like a bikini with like a cross through oh, it. Like wow. no I clothes. See you Austria getting down. <laughs> and more than anything, he knows how uncomfortable. It's so funny that I'm a, I was an, a former, you know, MBA dancer and I'm like, I'm not taking my swimsuit off in this place. And I realized in that moment though, that I didn't, I don't look like everybody so I do get that kind of attention from both men and women. And I have had things in my past sort of make me see myself in a, one light. So a lot of my life, I felt like my only value was the way that I looked, the shape that my body was, you know, the physicality piece. So for me to walk into a, like a nude which I didn't, neither of us did, which just so he's sure, sure, sure. Let's get <laughs> yeah. this part of the story. No one needs to know. He did run some errands later. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. <laughs> well, it's funny. So we walk in and there's like, you know, all these overweight older people whose things were hanging in different places. The one majority, that's who is in those spots. I by know, the way. right? That's what I hear. Generally, like, yeah. You go in there like, it's not models. And, it's, and, yeah. yeah it's, you're not like, woo, this is sexy, <laughs> right? But for that exact reason, I wasn't comfortable because I didn't want all that. I didn't, I didn't want people see, like staring at me and looking at me in that way. But you don't know? you think that's inside you that you feel that? Like you are sure. feeling that they're looking at you and like, what, what, what issue do you think is there? Like deeper within that for me. Well, in general, like I would, I'm not going to put you on the spot here, but like, do you think that they were even looking at you? Like, do you think that you think that they would look at you? You know, of course, of course they would. Wouldn't they? I mean, the fact that I think that you tell me if a beautiful woman walks in a bikini in front of you, you're not going to notice the way, the way that our world works and the way that marketing looks like mm-hmm. in our society we've been trained from a very young age to notice beauty to and what what has been constructed as what beauty is and I do think the world's doing a better job of like highlighting people that are different sizes and different shapes and different looks and I think it's necessary because like my mom always struggled with her weight and I 
I am shaped like a box. I am very boxy. There's nothing to me. There's nothing super attractive about my body type. But when I look at my mom, she's got like the curvy hips. I don't and like the way you're talking to yourself right now. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> but it's, it's important. Like I grew up watching my mom absolutely hate her body. And I thought my mom was gorgeous. Like I, I thought her shape was so feminine and so beautiful. But I also had a dad who really loved and appreciated and was tender with her. So when I grew up and had, I had a couple of like pretty awful relationships. We I, all have. I was like, this sucks to be shaped like this because all people want is this body, right? And I, it's so funny because I, there's so much more underneath there, mm. this for me too. There maybe is an all of us. part two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe we should all just listen to her podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm you sure. could do that. I'm yeah. here for that. Was it, one more time, plug the podcast. Oh That's yeah, my, my podcast yeah. is called the Tear Out the Tags podcast. Boom, all right, cool. Keep <laughs> going. Well, no, you know, so it's interesting. Um, and I I don't share this on podcasts very often, but I was exposed to pornography at a really, really young age. I was um, probably three the first time I saw like like a nudie calendar type thing. Um, my dad's in oil and gas, and so that was kind of a culture back then. Right, that was <laughs> called wall decorations, yeah. office decorations. <laughs> some, in some places it still is, you know, honestly. Um, but I actually was exposed to pretty extreme adult content by the time I was six. My folks had no idea. It was um, a coworker of, or an employee rather, of the company. Um, and we had, all of us kids had access to it. You know, we knew where to find it. Our parents were busy working and my mom will kill me because, you know, I mean, no parent wants to feel like they're exposing their kids to something like that. But to your, to what you're saying, I, the exposure that I had made me learn that that was what a woman was supposed to become. And so when I grew up, and I think a lot of women have this in the opposite way, when they grow up and they have weight issues, they feel so insecure because for years and years and years, even the Victoria's Secret catalog made us feel like we had to look a certain way. And it's not really attainable, except for I was born and happened to look somewhat not, not like a Victoria's Secret model, don't get me wrong, but, but just I grew up with that body. So then I grew up going, that's my value. And that's how the only way that I can contribute to a relationship. And that's the only reason a man would want me is... I have this avatar, this look of this sexual, you know, or physical body and being, which messed me up pretty mentally with then going into being an NBA cheerleader and having, you know, I mean, you guys, I, I, actually, this is a terrible assumption. She's tagging us. <laughs> I get you guys in big trouble with your, with your partners here. But I mean, if you look at the world of pornography, it's all like these taboo you know, sexual fantasies and things that are, that are, yeah. you know, it's, like it's a dark hole to go down. It's, it's not, it's not a good place. Right. And we're totally open. I mean, I, w- I would say that's something I, I struggled with. I've worked with my wife, you know, to not do that, but I, I feel bad for young women today because not only are they kind of told like, here's what's beautiful. They're also engaging with porn saturated men or boys oh, like, yeah. whose, whose lives it's are just daily hundreds control. and hundreds of photos and stuff that, teach them don't teach them how to interact with women that there's more value than that so yes. i think society is is really rough and i, I, feel like I worry about my sons especially our generation michael you're old but um <laughs> we the internet 
the internet opened up a portal of pornography for at a young age. Like, oh yeah. I mean, it was there one click away. You type in something in Google and you could find whatever you want. Seriously. Like we're kids, you guys, TikTok, we're kids six, TikTok. seven, eight yes. years old typing in like boobs into Google and being like, Oh, and, and you're seeing yeah. hundreds of photos. Yeah. So here's a funny story from when I was younger. Cause internet was, you know, I was in high school. Internet was coming up. Whenever you downloaded a picture of someone who's naked, the first picture comes in super grainy and it like, it like swipes down. And then a couple minutes later, the next swipe of uh, detail comes in. So you're waiting like five minutes just for one image and you're like, 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 this is not worth it. (laughs) But now it's hundreds of videos and pictures like instantly. That's what's, that's crazy. Well, and you guys, I would argue now TikTok is pornographic. Instagram is pornographic. You bet. Here Um, we go. Now we're talking. Now you're in my realm. You know, and this is, it's a a really tough subject for me. A lot, you guys, this is like huge for me because I've actually never gone this deep on this subject on Well, we thank you for your vulnerability. We we admire you. Thank you. I'm glad you feel comfortable in this space. I know it's important to talk about. And I know, here's the thing I'm going to tell you guys. It's not just men that struggle with this, but women we, it's like, man, it's like Fort Knox. You're not going to get to this secret inside women. And so that they like to view pornography. Yeah. A lot of women. Right. And, and it may not be for the same reason. It may be for the reason that they, you know, feel the pressure to be that, to satisfy those men, right. That you were talking about. I've actually heard that story before. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of relationships are damaged by this subject and the pornography that I was exposed to bled into so many of my other tags because I wore a lot of tags that had to do with men valuing me. And so I had issues with my brother, I had issues with my dad and feeling like, you know, um, past relationships, my ex-husband, my current husband, like I had so many tags that had to do with like how men see me. But the reason is that's how I saw, that's how I saw myself, right? Like that's how, that's how adult content trained me that was my value. And so literally when it came to starting a business, when it came to public speaking, when it came to being a shadow power in a family company, like every area of my life, being a sun's dancer, there were always tags that had shame, you know, associated to them to this base problem that I wasn't going to talk to anybody about. (laughs) I wasn't going to, no one was finding out that I had, you know, a habit of viewing things that were not benefiting me. So I recently have been on a hiatus from social media and our listeners are probably like, shut up, Riley, we don't care anymore. (laughs) But the way I see Instagram and any social media is almost like, you remember Mario, like the game? Yeah. Like you could go down into the tunnels. Like you went down the green tunnels. Oh, totally. Everything's on fire. It's That's what social media is. It's just dark and, you know, everything's on fire and lustful. It's like a a lust portal. That's what I call that. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And, And you're lucky if you can make it out the other way. If you make it out alive. For me, when I, I was for like three or four years stuck in that lust portal, yeah. like never satisfied, never satiable, could always have more, could always, you know, be in that realm and always just like you get a hit of drug and you just want more. Yeah. Like if I can, I'm in a great relationship, but what if, the, like, what if, like, ooh, right. I could maybe speak with her or this, my life could be so many different ways. Yeah, you could go down that warp zone any second of any day. Yes. Like that's- but that was like the portal. Like it's easier. It was easy. It's easy. Well, I, I'm meeting your vulnerability. It, it is, it's, it was easy for me to manipulate. I will use that term, like not manipulate, but like I, it's easy for people to like me. Yeah. Like, I saw, I feel bad saying that. Like, but it, it's true. Like I am very, 
likable. I hate, I feel like a douchebag. <laughs> you are. I, <laughs> I, affir- I affirm that tag. It's, yes. It's okay, a big cool. one. Uh, but it was, if I showed interest in someone, they usually would show interest back. And mm. in that, that tide pool that turned into that, and it was, I could never be satisfied. So I had to get rid of it. That's so funny. I have such a different, like I have such a different version of that story. And I think that's why this is so important to have these conversations because that woman that's walking in in booty shorts, she's not the same avatar every single time. Mm -hmm. And there's base issues there that are very different or there's no issues there. And she just freaking wants to rock booty shorts. Right. Uh, Or like you guys are saying, a guy with a shirt off, which is funny because it doesn't get as much you know, it doesn't get as much attention Mm -hmm. in this, in the conversation. And why is that? I I think it's because men and women are vastly different. And I know you say that men and women both consume with their eyes. I would say it's like total two different worlds. Like, do you know what Fortnite is? Do your kids play Um, Fortnite? They're just getting into it. Okay. So Fortnite, here's the thing. Like a man can see a Fortnite avatar and be have some sort of sexual attraction right, right. like and girls don't ever see like a just a photo of a, a man's leg just a leg and be like oh, I gotta have that no yes, but if you showed yeah. me a picture of a woman's leg that would stir something different inside of me so that's where I think it's different um, not that women don't see good-looking guys who are without a shirt on I, obviously that happens I just think it stirs something different and yeah. maybe our porn saturated culture is part of what has contributed to that but yeah um, yeah I that's why I think men don't get as much attention just because I don't think women have a hard time focusing when they see a guy. Well, who's we ripped. may, and you're right. We may go, Oh, that guy's a good looking guy. And he's worked really hard on his body, but we're not like, you don't Oh, want, I want to go have, yeah. you don't want that. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're not like trying to leave your husband to go like hang out with that guy or sure. something crazy. And I think, I think guys being honest, there's a part of them that would do that. And that's why it's important. Mm. As, as I said in the booty shorts episode, we as men have to control our thoughts whenever we see the things that, yeah, might take us down that, that hole, like, like Riley said. Yeah. And that's the reason that so many women have so many heavy tags surrounding insecurity. Cause if your wife is seeing you, you know, not controlling those behaviors or participating in some of these things that just make her feel worse about how she looks or how, you know, I mean, some of these, some of these like videos or content, even just if you look on social media, they're not really attainable, right? These women are spending $30,000 a year to put all this stuff in their bodies. And, or, and, and I'm not judging that. Like there's this, you know, that's, if that's how people want to look. Butts? <laughs> no. oh. Lip fillers, all the stuff. Oh, Botox? No, but yeah, I mean, if there's, there's an exorbitant amount of money spent to look a certain way in a lot of the more adult content channels or social media channels. Even if you look at like big, you know, fashion influencers, many of them, Kylie Jenner. Yeah. I mean, none of that is natural. So, (laughs) you know, if your wife is competing with you being attracted to that and you don't want to go and give her 50 grand a year to spend on plastic surgery. And here's the thing. Most married men will say most, I should say most men will say, I don't want my wife to look like that yet. You'll go and view content that, satisfies your needs to see that stuff. I just learned that when dudes get Botox, it's called Brotox. <laughs> Tell me that's not awesome. You I just heard. veered off on the least important part of what you just said. <laughs> but That's Riley's uncomfortable. Well, yeah. Like, well, I no, don't, he just had Brotox. Bro, where can I put in Brotox? Brotox is hilarious. <laughs> um, but I would say, am I attracted to that avatar? 
I say no, but part of me is like subconsciously. If you couldn't have that on a daily, you'd be fine if that avatar on the screen was part of your life on a daily basis. You wouldn't be like, nah, it's not what I really want. Right? No, I don't, I don't really dig that Kylie Jenner look, lip filler, big. See. Do I? Like, are you no, tra- but that's what I'm saying. I'm really not into that. We're not talking about Kylie Jenner. We're talking about the kind of maybe pornography you would watch, like that kind of thing. Like, oh. obviously, if it satisfies you from a visual perspective, then it wouldn't be something you're repulsed by in real life, right? Mm. But my question would be more, is it realistic? No. No. It's a... But, and I'm not just talking about pornography. I'm talking about just the images that are inundating our culture. I mean, think about, we have, Michael and I have small children. Our kids are seeing stuff that isn't pornographic, but it's definitely sending a a strong message to them to what they need to become in their lives. Right. And that's where I really was affected by a lot of those tags was, um, like, I wasn't this cute little girl. I was like the most homely child and I was an athlete. I wore long shorts. Like I was a total, like just guys, girl. And I remember going to a a party after my senior year of high school. It was like a graduation party. And this little short kid comes up to me. His name was Darren. And he goes, wow, Andrea, and you really clean yourself up. Like you really like, you look like a knockout. And I, I mean, he was so shocked because like I spent my entire high school experience in like one ASU sweater that (laughs) that's, I was lazy. I didn't get out of bed and put makeup on and do my hair. I was like, I was an athlete. I just got up and went to school. I was freaking tired. So. Is that a, like an insult? Like, would you take that like, hey, like you really clean up well. Be like, well, do the other days, do I look like shit? Like, I think a lot of people do. Yeah. People take that as an, as not as a compliment. They'll take that as like, oh, what are you, you also, saying that about me? Also, suddenly I got all this attention for doing my hair and makeup and looking like more of a girly girl. Right? Did that feed into it? Did you want to do it more? It didn't at that time, but I'll tell you when I became a sons dancer and I really, for the first time in my life was exposed to like these ultra female, you know, like hair and fashion and makeup and the, I love it. I'll be honest with you. Like I, like the devil wears Prada type. But yeah, change, fashion, right? all the good stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. We don't know anything about makeup. So yeah, tell us, keep well, going. <laughs> but there was a, I mean, there were talk about two different worlds, right? So you, you go from being the athlete, the kind of like, I was a snowboard college student living in Durango, Colorado, very like granola. I I do too. It's the best. And then you come to Phoenix and I'm all of a sudden a son's dancer. And so they were two, two, yeah. Don't you know? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, just this all plays into though, how there's so much pressure to be branded a certain way when you're in these different, you know, involved in these different activities or relationships or experiences. How do you unbrand yourself or untag yourself? It's a lot about being proud of what you wear, right? So I have to show up every day. And as long as I don't, if I get offended by you saying something to me, I got to deal with a tag inside of me. That's kind of how I draw the line. So if I have a sunburn, emotional sunburn, some kind of injury inside of me that, that gets offended and that resilience, like I get knocked down, that's how I know I have to sit with myself and go, okay, what's that about? And what's it related to? And you, you just got to dig down to the root of that. And then it either needs to be torn out and you decide, I don't want to wear this crap anymore. Or you, you decide this is who I am and I have to be proud of it. Or you have to take it out, redefine it and reattach it with a definition that feels good to you. Like if someone hits you with a, for me personally, if someone hits me with certain insults, like it doesn't bother me, it won't stick at all. But like they have that one point, like that one thing that they will say that'll just derail me. Can yeah. you let me know what that is um, in case I really get upset <laughs> with you? No, I'm just kidding. You oh, don't have to. I, I could probably tell you. <laughs> 
So this is funny because my whole life I've been called pretty, which is like such a basic compliment. I mean, <laughs> thanks, I'm pretty. Like that's all I stand for. That's all, that's my value. So for years and years, I would just, I was yearning to be seen as more than pretty. Like there's so much more to me. I'm so complex and I have all this, these ideas that I want people to hear and feel are important. So now if someone says, and I get it all the time on social media, oh, you're so beautiful. You know, it's like the the guy who probably has a issue with adult content. <laughs> Pornhub opened yeah. up on this yeah. tab right now. Yeah, that was his past site. But I will I'll get these messages that say like, oh God, you're so beautiful, da, 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 da. And I'll, I'll respond and say, thank you so much. You should read my content. It's stunning. Because I want people to understand that I have the authority to say, well, guess what is really beautiful about me? And I'm going to tell you what it is, right? So just being able to speak into those things with authority without getting offended and being nasty, because that's what I see in our world is people just get offended and nasty and they shoot a, an email and they say, I'm unfollowing you and you've pissed me off. And like, that's when we say good. Yeah, right. That's when we're like, oh, well, well cool. like your friend who, who said you cleaned up nicely. I mean, he was trying to be nice to For you. Sure. So, but, but people would be like, well, you objectified her, you, you know, you insulted her, you're a scumbag. Like that's hard for people to, that's why in this world, I don't think we can be honest with each other because honesty requires a level of discomfort, I think. Yeah. That's why I say the bully is you because it happens all the time, especially in spouse relationships. Your husband can be say something, you know, be saying something so positive and yet you hear like, what it was I fat a week ago? Yeah, <laughs> and he's yeah. like, Really? I can't like, win. Oh, you got me. That's what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that yeah. was totally what I meant. Yeah. You know, I, I've been calling my wife thick lately. She's like, I don't know if I like that. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, no, I you would... like it. It's good. It's fine. <laughs> How many C's on that thick? Though? Two C's. At okay. The end. Well, if you give that a third C, she may like it. I'll have a conversation with Heidi and yeah, teach her thick. how to tear out the tags when no, we're done. Thick. She's a real confident woman. And she's funny because she's super confident, but she won't wear booty shorts. She's very modest in yeah. that respect. So well, as we were revisiting this this morning, we were, he we went, oh, well, he came to my class this morning at the gym and we we're talking like, okay, we're going to get on this booty shorts. We bring Heidi in and we bring my boss, Brittany, in. And they're like, well, we don't really care if girls wear booty shorts, but they hold all, all these like. <laughs> Hold on, but then I care if it's like this. Like yeah. there was all this. Like there's a lot of baggage around. Like, there is the way people see people and the way they see themselves. Like it's it's everyone has it. Literally, so like, literally this morning, my daughter's seven and she's teeny tiny. She's built just like me, and she's in these little itty bitty shorts. And I'm like, my mom says, "Oh, I just bought her five T. She's seven. I'm like, mom, she's not a five T. She's you know, she's seven. I said, she's got to stop wanting to look like a teenager. She has two, no gosh, she has four teenage stepsisters. And so, you know, she's, she wants to look like a big girl and it scares me. She's seven and I'm, you know, I have my past stuff that I'm want to protect her from. And so my, I say to my mom, she's got to stop wearing these little teeny shorts. I'm wanting to look like this. And she goes, gee, I wonder why. Mm. <laughs> well, it's because that's how I dress too, right? Yeah. I still you know, I'll still wear short shorts in the summer and bikinis. And so, man, did I have to sit with that tag for a second? But it's, it's my tag. Like I can't get offended that my mom says that because that's how I dress. And so I have to sit with that and decide, is that something that I need to change or? Well, I just think there's ideas of what is good and what is right and what is wrong and what is wrong. Like what is feminine? What is feminine femininity? What is masculinity? (laughs) What, that's a it's a nimanimini. Yeah, it's like finding Nemo. <laughs> All right, kid, don't hurt yourself. Yes, but what what are those two things and, and what we place value in of those things? Like if you're a girl, you have to 
be like this way. If you're a guy, you have to be like this way. Like I get a lot of, I was playing my 2020 playlist on Spotify and it, it's, it's a really just example of how I may be bipolar. <laughs> like I have this great like rap song, um, I'm happy. And then I'll have like a, like a Lady Gaga song that's really sad. And they're like, dude, you listen to Lady Gaga? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like, does that make me a masculine? Like that I like Lady Gaga? Maybe. I, I, love, I don't know. I love the tag okay. bipolar, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> because it's interesting. We do this with ADHD. We do this with a lot of like psychological diagnoses. We see them as negative. And we have so many people that are functioning in this world, suffering with probably actual diagnosis of bipolar or ADHD and, and there's many others, but because they have such a negative connotation, we're so scared to, to actually admit, okay, yeah, I have a problem with this and it, this is how it's affecting my life. I watched a Kanye West interview. Love Kanye. Was it with Joe Rogan? Um, no, it was, that with, was amazing as well. It was a David Letterman Oh wow! and it was such a good show. And he talked about how people love my crazy fashion. They love my crazy music. They love my crazy ideas don't you think they have to assume it comes from crazy? So he's saying he has these highs and lows and this, you know, this spectrum of bipolar and some other things that are easily labeled. Yet what comes from that, look at the value, right? Look what he's created. But they call him crazy. They want right. to put him on meds. They want and to he said that. He said, if I get on meds, all of this dies. All of this goes away. All of the manic times where I'm creating are now you know, they're, they're no longer there. So then do you want me to show up as me and create all of this and be this and, and like basically accept me for the parts that seem insane and, and people are like, you know, talking about on the news, or do you want me to take medicine and shut my personality off and turn my creative off and the world will not get what comes from Kanye. Now that doesn't mean everyone loves Kanye. I love like, Kanye. 20, you, well, yeah. I may have voted for Kanye. <laughs> I think I did too. Yes. Uh, maybe we'll never know. <laughs> right. Maybe they lost those votes. I don't know. Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> He's Switzerland. Yes. Um, yeah. I, um, I think people do have an array of emotions and maybe that's even stigmatized. Like, Hey, I can be really happy one day. Then the next day be really sad. And, and that's okay too. Like you can feel emotions. Like I feel like I'm not allowed to feel feels anymore. Like I have to be this, I have to have to be this strong man like I have to yes. be this like pillar of emotional stability all the time and that's really not how people are ever right. do you you feel your emotions range like are you consistent Charlie all the time or uh, no my emotions range all the time yeah. I think maturity I think maturity requires that you are able to control your emotions at certain times that doesn't mean that I won't cry if you know if I'm watching a sad movie with Selah because Selah, she just cries at everything. <laughs> She's got such a huge heart. And when I see her cry, I get a little teary-eyed. But at the same rate, like, I can't be ruled by emotions because that's not a mature thing. Because if I'm also ruled by, like, sex drive, like, I could go down all kinds of rabbit holes every single day. So maturity requires, I think, that you control them a little bit. And I think yeah, that's I what agree. you're talking about. Like, Seeing the tags, identifying the tags, ripping them out, that's a maturity thing. You, yes. ha you can't do it if you're immature because you, you're not going to see yourself honestly and openly. So, Well, and it's an uh, authentic identity in saying, this bothers me. Why does it bother me? And how do I either change it or accept it? So we are so focused externally on the world and what's swirling around us. And especially for those like Riley and I that are high, 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 high extroverts. 
We're. I'm actually kind of a high extrovert myself. I feel like you I, are too. He is, he, but he's a slow. Like he can't gains momentum. I'm with a thoughtful yeah. extrovert. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel. I, I feel like we're sitting thought in a room leader. of extra. There's been no leader. silence. That's how we know that there's no. Exactly. <laughs> there's well, if no you give me a microphone, there's not going to be silence. <laughs> no, but to your point, I mean, it's when I say the bully is you. You have complete control over what you wear and what you don't wear. And that's where we're missing the buck here is we're only having a conversation about mental health and then on the other side of the spectrum, limiting beliefs. But there is so much in between. So there's, in my content, there's six things written on most tags. So if you grab the tag in the back of your shirt, there's brand. Tagless. You're t- oh, you're, guys always do this to me because you guys have them screen printed in so much. I rip them out too. Oh, good for you. You're already, on, you're already in my... I was ready for this my whole You life. are already in my community. This is great. Yeah, so you have brand, size, origin, material, care instructions, and foreign language. All right, one more time. Slower. Brand. Yes. What people see externally when they first see you, and the first maybe one or two things you share with them if you have a conversation. You're branded. They decide very quickly. They know who you are. Skin color, eye shape, you know, size, um whatever, just the way you look, you're branded. Then you go to size. Size is such a relevant conversation in our world. And it's, it's causing people to not go for promotions because they feel like they're too overweight to compete with the next level of executives or whatever. But it's also like dating. A lot of women won't date a guy if they're shorter than them. So height can show up in a really, you know, extreme way for certain people. Then you jump to origin We were all born and raised somewhere. We all live with our families now somewhere. So what was the checklist of expectations handed to you as a child before you had the ability to decide who you were? So I was raised in a non-religious home in a Mormon community. (laughs) So talk about, you know, like very different ideals. Sounds like a show on Discovery Channel. Yeah. Now I have a completely different faith from both of those things. Yeah. So I, was re- I grew up in Salt Lake City myself. So yeah. I kind of identify with that. Yeah. So just your origin and, and the tags that come from our childhood. A lot of my clients will really dive into origin first because a lot of those tags are things that need to be ripped out or need to be redefined. Um, and then you go to material, which is, you know, the personality traits we talked about. It's what's our natural core wiring. And I'm not talking about Myers-Briggs. I'm talking about a normative deep dive into the actual details of your wiring. Who, who are you at your core? Who, do you, who are you fighting with to you know, show up differently, really? So the fifth is care instructions. And this is like, where did you learn how to care for yourself and how to talk to yourself? So you know, I had exposure to um, a couple of people in my family life that were tended to be more negative. So you know, my care instructions are, I've got a hamster in my head telling me all the reasons I'm not going to accomplish my goals or why I'm unworthy or unlovable. That doesn't mean they told me I was unlovable. It just means I was exposed to sort of that negative loop, right? That negative cycle where someone else might have fabulous care instructions. They were taught and exemplified something that they latched onto that taught them how to be very kind to themselves. So a lot of this is like those affirmations we don't give ourselves and the way that we'll say, um, like my son is struggling right now in school and he's already starting to say, I'm stupid. And he says it out loud. He, that's his affirmation he gives himself and, or there's, that's not the word for it, but you know what I mean? On affirmation, yeah. And yeah, D, whatever the word is there. 
Um, so anyway, that's care instructions. And then foreign language is actually the category I struggle with most. And that is picking up a tag that shouldn't make sense or doesn't make sense. And you still decide you're going to wear it. Um, a lot of my cheerleader stuff was foreign language tags. It's either came from a stranger and it was rude or it came from a loved one who didn't understand that I, that's not who I was. And I was branded a certain way. Um, and even foreign language conversations can be like, if we were all sitting at a coffee shop and you two were talking about booty shorts and you said something about the NBA dancers and I got offended by here, by overhearing that I would then take a foreign language tag that was offended at whatever it was that you said about booty shorts. And I would attach that like these two guys talking at this other table think poorly of me because I wore booty shorts or whatever. I'm, this is a random example, but not poorly. We're pro. Yeah, <laughs> we're NBA level booty talk shorts. Exactly. Cool. So those are the six things written on most tags. The certain tags, like oh, even given through people or myself, like the guilt and shame that I feel with those tags. And you spoke of earlier of like dealing with them and kind of addressing them and using them. Like, how do you navigate that world of guilt and shame? Are you willing to go there? Yeah, let's go. Okay, give me an example. Oof. Mm. <laughs> ah, wow, where do we start? Um, I feel guilty of how I've treated people in past relationships mm-hmm. and just who I, who I was at that time was not a good person. Define the person that you were. How was the, what was the treatment? Hmm. Let me be very careful with my words. I asked you I, if you wanted to go well, there. That's all right. That's all right. I'm moving myself up to it. Uh, I just maybe was very in like, unsure of what I wanted at that moment, especially this is a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. So I thought I was ready for something and I wasn't. And I was leading this person to think that I was ready for that. And when I got there, I was not ready. And it, 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 I mean, it's a real repetitive cycle. What made you feel like you were ready initially? Mm-hmm. I would honestly say like the, like that, you know, that first part of a relationship and like everything's great and everything's gold in that honeymoon stage. And mm-hmm. then that kind of wears off and you're like, am I really going to be emotionally invested in this person? Am I ready to settle down? Am I ready to, you know, be with one person? Like that was a big hard part for me for a lot of my relationships. Like, am I ready to be with one person? So what changed when things got real? What changed when it, my anxiety of that, of the finality of being with one human like, I'm like, well, I'm there, but this is it. This is it. Like, this is it. Hit the red button. I'm just curious, did the, did you feel like the relationship evolved where it wasn't as maybe hot or you weren't getting as much attention? Not at all. So that really nothing in the relationship had changed to make you feel that way. No. And so what is it about the, the forever component or the, the serious component that causes the anxiety? Well, I definitely have deep rooted relationship issues with my family like okay. my my dad was unfaithful to my mom and which led to a like a, a like a snowball effect of what I thought a relationship looked like and now and having fear around that happening to me that's my deep-rooted issues that one day my spouse is going to wake up and say they don't love me mm. so I push them aside before they can do that to me that that's me that people that's, pointed 60 something episodes or know why I'm fucked up. That's why. Yeah. I was going to say, 
bing, we got it. Yeah. Oh, they're like, well, we get him now. But it's easy. That, that's an avoidance of the tough stuff, right? Because you, if you're not in that position, then you can't be hurt in that way. I think it's important to highlight, though, that your male, and this happened, your male father did this to your female mother. I don't know. what is their story the same? Like, does your dad admit to it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's good because sometimes there's two different stories and... Well, they end up getting married, so... Oh, my gosh. That might screw you up more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, then they ended up getting divorced. So they keep, it keeps going. Yeah. Well, they, they probably need to dig into some of their tags, too, maybe. Mm. But here's the <laughs> thing is you're male, but your fear is actually what happened to your mom. And I think a lot of times in, in an, the world of assumptions, I would assume you were fearful of doing that to your partner that maybe you had some issues in there that maybe you were fearful were similar to your dad and that you were afraid you would really deeply hurt this person. I am my dad. Okay. I'm totally. But what I heard you say is you're actually fearful that a woman is going to do that to you, that Mm. you're going to be the one that's discarded and unloved. Maybe this girl is sharp, man. Right there. She is. is. She knows. This is live coaching, is it? (laughs) So circle back one more time. My brain is coming out of my ears right now. Well, this is where we have a tendency to make assumptions based on male, female. But what I'm hearing you say is you're not concerned you're going to go cheat on and have an affair on your spouse and leave her and hurt her. You're actually very deeply concerned about being hurt and being the one who's discarded, being the one who's cheated on or left, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I saw that happen to my mother and it right. broke her heart. Well, broke our family. Yeah. So that's the, that's the issue. Yeah. Yeah. But running from a broken family that you've never had isn't serving you. Amen. Right. So you're, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're, you're actually running from your own happiness because you're not willing to face the tag. I have an opposite story where my parents were married very young, super successful together, built a successful business. We had like, leave it to beaver childhood. So I just assumed when you got out of high school, you went like on a manhunt for a spouse and then it just worked out and you did all these cool things together. I didn't know how to identify unhealthy because I was exemplified a very healthy dynamic. Well, that's not what I ended up with. So I've now been grieving the loss of what I dreamt of being my family life, and it didn't turn out that way. My family will never look the way that, in my mind, society thinks you know of a nuclear family. And now I'm left with broken family, blended family, and all of these tags that I don't really, I don't want my kids to be called broken family. Like that sucks. So it's interesting because it's a different, it's a different reality. But you're you're doing the same thing I was doing. You're running from a reality that hasn't actually happened yet. I feel that. And you can control it. Like you're in, you're in the driver's seat for it. It doesn't have to be that way just because it was, I think you said that was an origin tag. Is that what you called it? Yeah. That was your origin tag. You can tear that out and you get to put your own tag in there because you haven't screwed up your family yet. Yeah. But almost the fear of doing it is withholding me from ever trying. I would argue though that the pattern that you're in and there's, There's a word called limerence, and I don't know if this is relevant or not, but I'm going to share it with you guys. Limerence is being, getting fulfillment from someone else being in love with you. So you're not actually falling in deep, deep, deep love with somebody because your own tags, you just, you just need the affirmation that you're good enough. And so 
you're not, if you were falling, and this is an assumption, but I'm going to go there. If you were falling in deep, crazy, like unbelievable, I have to be with this woman love, you would be in Michael's situation, married to the right person, building a successful family together because you wouldn't be able to live without that person. But you're letting these people go because you're only letting, you're only going so deep and probably those affirmations you're getting from them loving you, right? It feels good. We want to be liked. We want, especially extroverted personalities, we want to be accepted and loved and we want to get along in the world. So it's possible that there could be some limerence playing in there where you love it until it gets serious and then you're like, yeah, this is too serious for me. <laughs> I'm afraid that X, Y, and Z is going to happen. I think, I think our society, this is a conversation I've had with several people, um, doesn't set up people to do well with that. And what I mean by that is since we're in such a sex saturated world, like for a man and a woman in a relationship to be physical, like the men, that's easy for a man to get, get through. But I think for a woman to be physical with someone is kind of the height of what she has to give. And I'm not saying like, that's all she has to give, but like, that is the biggest gift I think that a woman offers into a man's world. What a woman wants a man to offer is commitment. Mm -hmm. And we're in a society where it's the women are giving everything at the beginning of relationships because they're going to go and sleep with you. And the men don't have to give what they have to give, which is like a level of commitment. And I think that's breeding unhappy women in this world because marriages don't ever really tend to happen. It's just relationship after relationship. And a woman gives what's almost her all for men who will take that and it's not a big deal and not give their all. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So. Well, and to the point of men being, um, battling with some of these like physicality issues, men aren't understanding the value of a really good woman because they're not getting that far. Right. Like you're saying they're it's physicality is definitely happening too fast in the majority of relationships. And for, I know at least I can speak for myself. I can agree to that. Yeah. I can, when I, and it's usually me that when, <laughs> that initiates that physicality. But we're in a, we're in a world where women are told, go for it. If you want it, go for like Heidi in our, in our relationship early on, Heidi was the gatekeeper. If she would have given me, given me a green light early on, I've been like, let's go. Yeah. You know, she was the gatekeeper. I don't think women are gatekeepers for their own lives anymore. Well, and at least for me, Some, if, anyway. if I go there in a relationship, I'm in. Like I'm, I'm, I am attached. I am loyal. Like I am in a relationship. But if a guy goes there, he's not. Right. That's the thing. But Here's the other thing. If you give it to someone too fast, you have no idea what, who you've just given that to. So you're like, you're saying the gatekeeper, you've given some, the most special thing that you can give as a woman, which I agree with. It's a gift. And you've given it to someone you've only known for what it, days, weeks, months. And so you're really, you're really vulnerable as a woman when you do that. And that's my opinion. We're going to, that's going to cause controversy. And And men aren't required to give their all in the same respect. Cause I mean, in today's society, if if you're dating a girl that you're interested in and she won't sleep with you after date number three, four, five, six, seven, eight, would you kind of lose interest possibly? I'm saying men, men in general be like, well, this is taking too long. I'm out of here. Like that's, but that's what, I don't know. We are, we are in a, in a very sexually saturated world now. And we aren't having this conversation. You know, it's funny. 
we aren't talking about resilience in this world. We talk about a lot of anxiety, but we don't talk about how can we toughen up? How can we actually teach ourselves to be more resilient? I am not a natural resilient person, but I have learned tools that have made huge, huge differences in my life in my ability to show up with resilience in different situations. There are still areas I'm not naturally resilient, but you can move the needle on these things and and, and strengthen. I think that's what I want people to hear is you don't have to go get on a drug for everything. But the other conversation we're not having and we don't talk about often enough is manipulation. Manipulation is a tool, a tactic, and with the way that the world is sexually saturated, there's we have all these words that we describe for love bombing, gaslighting, stonewalling, gray stoning. I mean, I could go I don't even on know and some on. Of those. Yeah, I <laughs> won't. Whoa. I won't go hey, into Don't all call this Michael detail. that. He's right here. <laughs> well, and t- I mean, really, we can label all these things, but we're not talking about why it's happening or how to fix it. But a lot of men and women go into relationships and they know exactly how to manipulate. I'm going to get slammed for this, but I would argue that women can also use their physicality to manipulate man into a relationship. It's a, it's a double, it's a two way street. I think it absolutely can. I mean, I'll be vulnerable. Like, yes, in my younger days, I, I've done that. I I feel like I, I can speak to that and, and it wasn't, it's not intentional or is it like, I don't know. Like I, I'm not proud of what that is. And, right. and that person that I, I was is not who I am now. And I, and that's where all that, like a lot of guilt and that shame is, is tied up in is like, I I've hurt a lot. Some, I hurt some humans out there. Some good, some good people. Great. Yeah. Great qualities. I attract really great people into my life. And sometimes I really treat them like shit. Yeah. Like and I've definitely like spared some feelings and been a, asshole to a lot of people. So I, I, I love this because my avatar, like the people that I speak to are the perfectionists, the people pleasers, the overthinkers, the empaths of the world, the sensitives. People that will admit to hurting people and, and being an asshole and leaving things behind oftentimes will say, I don't have tags. You know, like Michael said that, like, I, you know, he's resilient. He's like, I don't, I don't get my feelings hurt about all this stuff. Here's the problem. Sometimes you can be that person and you're actually leaving tags behind. So I would also argue, you know, if you have an ex-girlfriend that you really hurt, what kind of tags is she left with for her future relationships because of how you treated her? Like a rub. Like we, totally. both, we both leave with some yeah. other, some new tags. And then we go get into a relationship with someone else and we just, it's like that cycle just keeps going. And that's why, I mean, you guys, we are looking at breakdown of marriage like we've never seen especially in 2020, I think the divorce rate is an extra 30% higher, like not, not obviously 80, but in the spectrum for this year. And so uh, we got to do something to bring men and women back together, to bring people back together, to make marriage, recreate connection. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Print some hats. I'll (laughs) buy one. Well, there's a really good red color that people really like (laughs) out here. A lot of extra hats on the market that aren't being sold. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Sorry. Sorry. No, I actually, I really appreciate your, you being vulnerable because these are the conversations that we're so scared to have. Well, I'm really ready to deal with it. And I'm really ready to at least tags not in the, like disable me anymore because they disabled really great relationships. They've disabled good things that I've had and they just watched it burn to the ground. Yeah. And I don't want that anymore. Yeah. So. Because what has it left you with? 
a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. And scarves and yeah. emotional baggage. Yeah. But I'm, I think, <laughs> I hope, and I want in my heart that I'm ready to get rid of that. Like, I really am in a good place right now. Recently, like, become faithful, like, become, like, going to church and, like, accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Like, I, I'm on a really, I'm, I've been telling people I'm on a hot streak right now. Good. Like, I, everything right now is, is going really well. Yeah. And it's because of certain things that have changed in my life. You're going to get hit hard. I know. I know. People are. Why do we do that? Why do you do what? Why do we always say like, okay, it's everything's going good. What's going to happen? That's going to happen bad. Because everything, everything in your world would throw a rubber band around you and try to snap you back into place. And that's why change is so hard. I actually hate the word word change. I like the word progress because change is scary. (laughs) Nobody, you know, if you don't know who you're about to become, changing into that person is terrifying. That's I used why to think that I would never be this person. That's what's really right. scary. I used to hate these people. I would That's never say how hate. you know you're well on your way, though. I never said hate. You would never. <laughs> you would never want to be one of these people. I wouldn't say. I don't think I've ever said that. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay, but I get going. it. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Was there a a tag that you grew up with that made you resistant to want to be that? What you're becoming? I just saw a lot of people demonstrate certain characteristics of that avatar that just turned me off to that ever being something. I was like, this person is like super, I don't know what I want to say. They act like they have it all together, right? Yes, yes. And they're they're better than you are. Where they say one thing and do another. What's that word? Hypocrite. Hypocrite. Yeah, they're very hypocritical. And like everything about that says says to me that they're not genuine. Yeah. Like, and I never, I don't ever want to be not myself. Right. I always want to be who I am at all times. And, and that can change too. That's what's been great. It's like, I'm fluid with all of my ideas and thought processes. It should change, right? We should grow and develop through life. We, we have this weird message that all of us downloaded through grade school, high school, and college that you go through grade school, high school, college, you find a spouse, you get married, you have kids, and then dot, dot, dot. There's nothing in between that and like retirement. I mean, we aren't told you have to start a business. You have to keep reading. You have to take courses or continue education. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Stay fit, all that stuff. Yes. Yeah. It's just kind of like, and that's, I think why marriages crash and burn so hard is everybody just kind of goes, Oh, yeah. The wedding is the pinnacle, right? You got to, you got to the wedding. So there you go. (laughs) Game over. It's, it's done. Game over, game beginning. Well, I'm just saying like, that's like the there's pedi- actually the shirts pinnacle. like that, the game over shirt, you know, with um, the with the groom and he's got like the ball and chain. <laughs> Have you seen those? Yes, I didn't mean um, game over, but like that, sorry. like you said, like the building into the relationship and getting married and starting to have kids, like that kind of is the pinnacle. But there's a lot more to life after that. So yeah, and that's really where my message comes from. Is I got an opportunity to start executive coaching, and I realized there were so many amazing impact people who had brilliant ideas. They were innovators, creatives, thoughtful people who were too afraid to show up and really have authority in their ideas and say, I want to create this. I want to do this. They're stuck in a corporate job they hate. Their boss treats them like crap, whatever it is. And they leave, they leave their jobs every day hating life, bringing a frustrated human home to whatever family they have to, re- to return home to. And they have all these amazing, huge dreams in their heads. And then they qualify it all and tell themselves why they could never do it, why they could never make money doing it, 
why their wife would leave them or their husband would leave them if they wanted to go chase these dreams. And so there's all these people out there who are stacked so full of tags, they can't even reach the dreams anymore. The dreams are stuffed into the pits of their fingers and toes so deep that, you know, they're never going to come back out. So that's, you know, if, if we can have a conversation about all these tags and all the categories where they come from, you can start to decide who do I really want to be? And then the beautiful part is when you finish and you, you know, you feel like you've developed to a place where you are ready for love, you then get to go and find the right person who's also wearing the right tags. Cause I can tell you the guy that you're describing, even if you were with amazing women, you, you probably weren't. All of them are. Yeah. That's what's great. That's, that's what's been crazy. You may not have been able to satisfy them in a relationship for the long term, and that may be why you cut and ran. So you, your tags may have ended up just, you know, beating each other up. My ex-husband and I are so, we are like fire and gasoline. We are just totally wrong for each other. And I could sit here and just blame him for all of his crap. But the truth is, my crap and his crap were fighting each other. And it wasn't until I sat with my crap and I dealt with it and I defined it. I'm currently there. Yeah. That I was able to then give him credit to say, you know what? We were just really wrong for each other for who we were at that time. Well, B, we usually like to wrap this thing up with like a quote or like some things. <laughs> but I feel like we've we've done that 12 times this, this episode. It's been an hour and a half of just deep thoughts and everything. <laughs> we, we usually like... I'm extroverted. You guys got to cut oh, me off. No, no. We, <laughs> no, we're not complaining. We are very surface level at times, this podcast. But this one, I think, just went real deep. You know, I think we're not as surface level as you would think. Like, I love that we can just come in and talk and like we get vulnerable with our lives. I mean, we've talked about pornography. We've talked about relationships. We've talked about all kinds of things in this episode. And I think that's what people like. So, you know, I appreciate you always being open and honest. Yeah. I'm, I'm just right now I'm here. It is. This is what I am. This you is guys know you guys are great. I'll give you I'll give you a quote, too. My quote okay. is in the world of tags, there is a large spectrum that we are not talking about. So conversations like today are what moves the needle. I, there's nothing else to like, say. What I feel I, like I need, a, need a cigarette or a drink after this one. Like, uh, need some closure or something. Just don't drop the mic. It's too expensive. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, thank you, B. We appreciate you being here with us. Thanks today. for having me, you guys. Of this was fun.